thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Morgan Harper Nichols. The song is called Grateful People. Didn't make it on time. in the airplane or the helicopter. Does Grover know that he's not the mascot? Did you break the news? I did. How did he take it? He was like, whatever. Morgan and her sister Jamie Grace are probably two of the most precocious young people I know. Uh, they both have like wisdom beyond their years. True story. I mean, the music that they write is amazing. These girls are in their 20s, you know. I don't know about you, but I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed with their word, you know. They, they, they were both raised in a Christian home. Their dad's a pastor. And um, I have to tell you that... Um, 
when I listen to their music, I am edified. Yeah, I am. So anyway, this morning I was watch I was listening to that song by Morgan and and um it really kind of touched my heart. Cuz it's one of the ones I haven't listened to in a while and and uh, and then I have another song come into my mind this morning. I don't know how many of you have heard uh Cindy Rethmeyer's song. She sang it in 1994 called Hide Me Under the Shelter and uh maybe we'll play it later, I don't know. But the reason that song came to me was because this morning I was reading in Psalm 17, and I want to read this to you, and then we'll go ahead and jump into the headlines here. So let me, let me read this to you. It says here, well, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read Psalm 17, people. All right, so here it is. Uh, Hear a just cause, O Lord. Give heed to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, from which, which is not from deceitful lips. Let my judgment come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes look with equity. Thou hast tried my heart. Thou hast visited me by night. Thou hast tested me and does find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. As for the deeds of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept from the paths of the violent. My steps have held fast to thy paths. My feet have not slipped. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my speech. Wondrously show thy loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at thy right hand. From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of thy wings. From the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me, they have closed their unfeeling heart. With their mouth they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps, people. Yeah, they have. Got to turn the page. <laughs> they set their eyes to cast us down to the ground. He is like a lion that is eager to tear, and as a young lion lurking in hiding places. Arise, O Lord, confront him. Bring him low. Deliver my soul from the wicked with thy sword, from men with thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world, whose portion is in this life, and whose belly you do fill with your treasure. They are satisfied with children, and leave their abundance to their babes. As for me, I shall behold thy face in righteousness. I will be satisfied with thy likeness when I awake. So, I was reading this this morning, and I I was really struck by the king, you know, King David wrote that. And I was trying to figure out the context, like what was going on when he wrote this, you know, because obviously letter and context makes more sense. And I didn't actually do any research on that. So, <laughs> so I didn't actually get the answer to that question, just to be honest with you. But uh, as I, as I was reading it and really pondering some of the stuff that he wrote, it was clearly a, a prayer and David wanted to make sure, you know, that God, re he reminded God, number one, that he's tested him, that he's visited him, that David wanted to be a person who was upright. He wanted to be somebody who didn't lie or be deceitful. But what really hit me was in verse 7, where it says, Wondrously show thy loving kindness, O Savior, of those who take refuge at thy right hand. 
from those who rise up against them. You know, it, it just hit me because David was focused on God's loving kindness. And he referred to the Lord as his savior, which, you know, I have to tell you, of all the religions in the world out there, you know, there's no other faith where we have a savior, you know, where, where there's this personal relationship. And yet, who is the savior, right? It's Yeshua. It's, it's Christ himself. But then he said here, keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of thy wings. And then he talked about the wicked and what the wicked did and what the characteristics of the wicked are. And I thought, man, this is written like for today, for sure. You could totally hear this. But it also struck me that he, he said here, keep me as the apple of the eye. Because we know that from the Old Testament that Israel is the apple of God's eye. We know that that nation, those people are the apple of God's eye, right? I mean, and yet here's the king, King David, saying it personally to Kate. He was saying that to the Lord, keep me as the apple of your eye. Now, he maybe he meant it as the king of Israel, you know, keep, keep me as the king of Israel as the apple of your eye. But I kind of think that this shows a, um, a deeply personal relationship that the king had with the Lord, right? That David had with the Lord. And then he said, hide me in the shadow of thy wings. Well, so then my other song that I had thought about playing today, maybe I'll play it later, um, that popped into my head because it was like, you know, usually when we hear about God's protection and being hidden in the shadow of the wings, people um, quote Psalm 91, which is kind of the the most famous psalm for praying for God's protection for you and all this other stuff. But this is Psalm 17, right? And, you know, what's interesting is, I was talking to my friend Jennifer earlier today. I was sharing with her some of this stuff. And, and uh, you know, she was telling me, she said, yeah, my church just went over this psalm. She said, what's the likelihood out of 150 psalms that you and you would bring this up to me, you know, not knowing what we had just looked at? So I thought, you guys might want to read Psalm 17. Check it out. But anyway, all that to say, God's word is awesome, isn't it, people? And, you know, that brings me to... My first story of the day, which is over on Fox News, I read this story with a lot of interest because of having written, you know, a persecution blog for eight years with uh, the Voice of the Martyrs and um, understanding the role of uh, or understanding Christian persecution worldwide. I mean, it's it's a huge, massive issue that, frankly, the American church is still relatively sleepy about and doesn't really like to talk about. Um, but there's some pretty interesting things here, uh, that, that I want you to hear because it's super important. Okay. So Chinese Christians jailed for faith, memorize Bible because guards can't take what is hidden in your heart. And before I even read this, I want to just tell you, I had a lady on the show a couple of years ago, um, who actually talked about, yeah, I did. I said the word actually. (laughs) Ever since Randall pointed out, I say actually a lot, I've been noticing it, but whatever. Anyway, um, I had a lady on the show a couple years ago who actually talked to us about Bible memorization, how she was going into various Chinese churches here in America and teaching them how to memorize scripture because when the Chinese go back to the communist nation of China, uh, they can't necessarily have a Bible unless it's issued by the government, um, which is actually true. And I did it again, didn't I? 
we need to actually meet her anyway um anyway so uh so she would say that the christians would go in and then they would dictate god's word and i want to challenge you in fact i'm going to challenge you all i want you all this is my weekly this is going to be a challenge i want you to take one page of your bible okay I don't care what page it is. Take one page of your Bible this week. Just one page. And I'm going to do this too. Just one whole page. I don't care what page it is, where it is. I want you to hand copy that one page of your Bible. And I want you to keep that copy of the Bible with you all week. And that's the only part of the Bible I want you to read. Unless you want to read First Peter. You can make it First Peter if you want. But if you do that... You carry that one page of the Bible, that's your only Bible. That's the only Bible you get to read all week is the one page that you copy, handwrite it out on a piece of paper, right? Don't like go to the internet and copy it and paste it. I want you to handwrite the Bible out, one piece, one page. I don't care where. And I want you to, I want that to be your Bible for a whole week, okay? Make that your Bible for the whole week. That's the only scripture you get. Is that one page that whatever it is you wrote. Okay? Because that's what persecuted Christians do. That's how they get their Bible in, in communist countries. They get one piece at a time. And what they do is they handwrite out the Bible. Somebody gives them one piece of it. They get it. They memorize it. And then they pass it on. And then when they get a new piece, that's exactly how they do it. They memorize it. And then they pass it on. That's, that's because... The Bible is not a free book everywhere in the world. So I challenge you, and I'm going to do this too. I'm Since I'm coming up with a challenge, I'm going to do it. I challenge you, you take one page of your Bible and you handwrite it out. And that's your Bible for a week. And tell me afterwards if it doesn't make you appreciate your word of God better. Okay? Okay. All right, here's the story. Listen to this. Uh, okay, an American pastor who went to China to train faith leaders experiencing Christian persecution quickly realized he had more to learn from them. Wayne Cordario, pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship in Honolulu, Hawaii, shared about a recent trip to China with 22 Christian leaders in the communist country, 18 of whom had been imprisoned. He said they told him they smuggled Bible passages on small pieces of paper for others to memorize. Their meeting was underground. If we get caught, what will happen to me? The pastor asked the Chinese Christians who took a 13-hour train ride to attend the leadership meeting held in a 700-square-foot hotel with hotel room with no air conditioning. Well, you will get deported in 24 hours, and we will go to prison for three years, they responded. It's actually true. The 22 Chinese Christian leaders from the Hunan province, the mountainous area in southern China, oversaw 22 million people in total in the country with 1.3 billion people. In the beginning, short on Bibles, the Hawaii megachurch pastor asked them to turn to Second Peter, and he realized one of the women handed her Bible to another leader, but she managed to recite the entire book. During a break, he asked her about it, and she said, they have a lot of time in prison. Don't they confiscate the Bible? Cordero asked. They smuggle in pieces of paper with portions of scripture on them. That's why we memorize it as fast as we can, because even though they can take the paper away, they can't take what hit, what's hidden in your heart, she shared with him. 
At the conclusion of the three-day study, Cordero asked them how he could pray for them, and one man responded that he wanted to be free to worship. Can you pray that one day we could be just like you? Or, yeah, we could just be like you? Now, that's, that's where I got the title of the show from, just so you know. Uh, pray that we could be just like you. I got to commentate just for a minute because this is not uncommon. Communist believers and people who are under um, severe persecution, when they see American Christians or those in the West or other places where there's freedom of religion, one of the things that they see is how hard it is for us to be believers because of our prosperity. So because we're so free and we have so much stuff that can distract us and stuff, persecuted Christians in these countries look at us and they're amazed at our faith because they're amazed that we can have such faith in the midst of a wicked, perverse, and prosperous generation and culture. So it's really interesting to think about because we, on the other hand, go, oh my gosh, you know, you have amazing faith because you're imprisoned and you can get God's word in little pieces and memorize it. And we're like totally amazed because of that. And yet at the same time, we never see the perspective of another person. And I think this is why it's interesting to really study the Bible as a whole, but also understand the church as a whole worldwide you know, the Bible says when one person suffers in the body, we all suffer. When one person, you know, when we rejoice, we should rejoice. When we weep, we should weep with those who weep. We should mourn with those who mourn. But it's all a matter of perspective, isn't it? Okay, anyway, so this goes on to say, but the Hawaii pastor said he would not do that. I will not pray that you become like us, but I will pray that we become just like you, he responded. Christine Kane, a Christian activist and evangelist, shared a similar story at Heaven Come Conference in Los Angeles in May. Kane was invited to a gathering with 500 leaders of the, under, of the Chinese underground church who asked her to teach them how to lead young people worried they were losing them to Western values. We don't understand anything about leadership. We don't understand about Western leadership methods. Could you help us? All we know how to do is pray. All we know how to do is believe God. That's how we had revival in China when we're not allowed to carry the word of God. The only leadership training we give our people is we teach them how to witness to their executioner on their way to their execution. I don't know about you guys, but if that doesn't convict you, then I'm not sure about you. Just saying. <laughs> so the Chinese Christians are like, hey, can you teach us about your Western leadership methods? All we do is teach people to pray and believe God. Oh, and by the way, witness to their executioner on our way to death. Christine Kane said, I thought, what am I doing here? I literally said, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. You're asking me? No, you can all lay hands on me. You can all lay hands on me and give me the kind of faith that says, I'm going to witness to my executioner on the way to my execution. I want the kind of faith that causes Jesus to marvel. Yeah, this is in Fox News' paper, people, on the website, foxnews.com. I actually posted it in uh, 
on our Bible News Radio Facebook page and also on Daily Disciples. And I don't know about you, but um, number one, I think it's awesome that Caleb Park wrote this over here on foxnews.com. Because, uh, you know, think of the heathen that are reading this. They're like, what? You know, they don't they don't get it. But the perspective is what I want you guys to, to look at. Look at the perspective. You know, we always, you know, always, it's always greener on the other side, right? And yet God has a purpose under heaven, you know, for why we're believers in America. Why, you know, why we're believers in Canada or Sweden or, or China, or Nigeria. He he calls us all for a specific reason and purpose. And I think it's interesting that both in 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 this whole instance the the perspective of the believer was no. <laughs> I want your faith. No, I want your faith. No, I want to know how to do leadership from you. No, I want to learn how to do leadership from you. But isn't it interesting that that's how the body of Christ works? You know, that we we see things and we feel like we're lacking in an area when maybe in reality we're really not. I don't know, Bareface, what do you think? Well, I am reminded of Paul writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, I purpose to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. You know, this is this is the great, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees, you know, the tribe of Benjamin circumcised on the eighth day, you know, who sat at the feet of Gamaliel to, you know, learn the scriptures etc. I mean, he was a well-educated guy when it came to the scriptures and, and right. the prophecies and promises of Messiah. And and he, you know, when he came, he said, I purpose to know nothing among you but Christ and him crucified. That's, that's the paramount thing, you know. The main thing is the main thing, or, the, you know, the main person, you know, him, him and him crucified. <laughs> there's, there's Christ, he's the main one, and him crucified. That's the main thing. And, and from that, you know, everything else flows, everything else falls into place. Um, and then you know, I think of the Lord himself, you know, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will, shall be added unto you. Well, what is the kingdom of God? That's where the king rules, you know, the, the, the Messiah, the, you know, the, King of all, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and his righteousness, not our righteousness, <laughs> no such thing as self-righteousness, I wouldn't call it that, but it's no righteousness at all, because you know our human nature is selfish and evil <laughs> by nature, uh, you know, yeah, so seek, seek first his kingdom, you know, where he is king, and his righteousness. Matthew six thirty three, Nair put yep. in there for us. Yep, that's, that's right. right. Look at that young lady. Yep, Nair loves fun. God's word, and that's super cool. She's like zealous for God for sure. <laughs> you know, they're saying, "Oh well, teach us your how to reach the youth." All we know how to do is pray and you know, believe God. Believe God. That's it. Well, there you go. Yep. That's that's paramount. Keep that. You know, major on that and everything else will flow out of that. Yep. I don't think that we we all really have... Um, I don't think that we really all realize how much people are watching us and using us and um, all of that. And I'm going to... Somebody's bugging me right now with in Messenger. They got to stop it. 
Anyway, um, what was I going to say? They distracted me. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. So what brings that up is that today when I was at Pickleball, um, I was there playing and, and this woman, uh, she came in and she yelled my name across the court. And she's like, hey, do you remember me? And I looked at her. I'm like, yeah, I remember her, but I don't remember her name or anything because I meet a lot of people, especially because, you know, uh, uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block her if she doesn't stop messaging me. Anyway, um, so anyway, so I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to block you if you don't stop messaging me. You know who you are, too. Anyway, um, okay, so you can message me after the show. How's that? Okay, anyway. So, but anyway, so this woman, she, I recognized her, but I didn't know who she was. And I'm, I'm like, okay. She's like, remember me? Uh, we talked for, like, a long time, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, um. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so then she started reminding me of the conversation. Well, I I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. So anyway, at the end, though, of the conversation, we played a game. And then um, and then at, at the end, she said, yeah, I was talking to my daughter about you and telling telling them um, this person. Hold on. I'm going to. You're going to tell them not now? Oh, dead air. There. <laughs> anyway, okay. My patience is a little thin today, especially when I'm in a row six times in a row. So, but anyway, okay, so she, she was saying that, um, uh, that her daughter, she was telling her daughter that she met this really nice lady and how much the conversation that we had meant to her. Well, you know, I mean, I was just being me, right? It was just like, you know, who I am. And <laughs> anyway, and um, her daughter told her, well, why don't you text her and say thank you, you know, for all the encouragement that she gave you. And she's telling me this, right? And uh, anyway, long story short, I said, and did you? She said, no, I didn't. And she started to laugh. <laughs> like I'm like really <laughs> why not you know I gave you my card but anyway anyway I share that just in the context of the fact that you just never know who's watching you who pays attention to you and who your um you know who who your your uh you know who you're influencing for good or ill in that in that way so which reminds okay so the next story I want to bring up because I'm totally distracted now because this person messaging me so many times, is a 106-year-old lady. How many people... How, have you guys ever met somebody 106 years old? I haven't. I've met somebody 100, 101, I think. Have you ever met a 106-year-old? Anybody? I have not. If you're thinking of um, Walter... Sean has. Okay. He didn't quite make it to his 101st birthday. Nope, not me. He's just shy of it, though. Ah, me has met somebody 104. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, this is an article about somebody 106. Okay, so 106-year-old woman gives God all the credit and points to this Bible verse. And um, I love this. So it says here, a woman in Halifax County, North Carolina, just celebrated her 106th birthday on June 5th. And she attributes her amazing longevity to God. 
All right, Susie's met somebody at independent living. As at an independent living, not an assisted living. Wow, that's cool. Ruth Hilliard was a school teacher, and she also ministered to children at church, teaching the same truths from the Bible that guided her life. Ruth still recites scripture and WTVD in Durham reports that Ruth believes God has used her 106 years of life to show the value of one particular passage of the Bible. Her favorite scripture is Psalm 91, 15, and 16, which says, He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Yep. So there you go. That's her favorite verse in 106 years of life. That's crazy. Oh, you met a 99-year-old, huh? Well, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, so that's kind of a cool story having to do with the Bible. All right, here's another one. The 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 let's do the queer Bible one. This is Bible News Radio. So one of the things I try to do is pick news that has to do with the Bible, just so you know. Yeah, I do. All right, this one <clears throat> is from Accuracy in Academia website, which is a I think I believe a conservative website reporting type place. Um, and it says this, it says, SMU theology course, queer Bible hermeneutics, interprets the Bible from an LGBTQIA plus perspective. And before I even read this, I just have to tell you, I read a, another article today, um, about, from Dr. Michael Brown, who wrote about why he doesn't celebrate gay pride month, right? And one of the things that he pointed out in the article, I chose not to read it because it was, it was very long, was he talked about how the LGBTQ thing is not a constant, you know, um, it's, you know, people believe it's fluid. It's, you know, it's like you can change it, you know, but the, tr but, but he, his logic was actually pretty good when he said, well, you know, it's not a constant, you know, because, they keep adding to it because if you guys remember, remember, they actually, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. There's actually, ding, I'm going to have to get a bill. Anyway, there's, <laughs> see how my husband has distracted my thinking people? Yes, he has. He actually has. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> they keep adding to it. It used to be LGBT. That's all it used to be. And then they added the Q afterwards, which stood for queer or questioning. And then they added I for intersex. And now they're adding an A, which I'm not even sure what the A is for. Um, but the plus can include bestiality, pedophilia, any anything. There's going to be an E on there. We talked about ec uh, ec eco-sexuality Friday, which was unbelievably, it was just, yeah. Anyway, um, <sighs> Anyway, at Southern Methodist University, that's SMU for short, just so you know, the university's theology department has a course entitled Queer Bible Hermeneutics, which apparently interprets the Bible from the LGBTQIA plus perspective. Alphabet soup. Yeah. The course instructor, Dr. Suzanne Scholes, said the course was good or has good enrollment numbers when it is taught once every couple of years. <laughs> Too often. 
The course syllabus said that its purpose is the following, quote, study of the historical, political, cultural, and religious theological discourses about gender and sexuality in the context of the interpretation of the Hebrew Bible. Grounded in an interdisciplinary approach, the course developed self-critical perspectives about the influence of biblical meanings on hermeneutically dynamic, politically and religiously charged conversations over socio-cultural practices related to the LGBTQ communities, unquote. That was a mouthful, just so you know. Apparently, the temporary removal of a Methodist's, um, Methodist preacher's credentials after he officiated a gay marriage spurred Schultz to create and teach the course. The preacher's credentials were restored after the controversy, but the Methodist church reiterated its stance on the practice of homosexuality as being incompatible with Christian teaching. Also, so far. also among some of the assigned reading are the following books, which I'm not going to bother to read all the titles. But I did thought I would share that with you. Yeah, I did. Okay, so that was, you know, interesting. Just so you know. Yeah, and it's 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 sad that this is not a, um, you know, this isn't some state university, you know, some, you know, publicly funded. I mean, this is this is a Methodist university that has a thought theology department you know this is an ivy league school even those those all started off as, started out as seminaries um this is you know bears a you know particular denominational name and just so you guys know in case you don't know what the word hermeneutics means it's a science of interpretation. That's what it is, especially of the scriptures. It's a science of inter interpretation. So, in case you were wondering. No. It's, although once every two years is too often for that class, I am thankful it is once every two years. It teaches. But the fact that it's, here is the Methodist Church still, though they've had, they've had their, conventions and stuff to argue whether or not they should allow you know homosexual expression or clergy whatever so far consistently the methodist church has has said like that article says you know homosexuality is inconsistent with with biblical teaching and yet here we have a methodist university you know, training the next generation with, with the, you know, school of theology and they're teaching how to interpret the Bible from a sexual anarchy perspective, basically. A lot easier to say sexual anarchy than, you know, the whole alphabet soup and it's 50 right. different genders or whatever there are, you know. It's just... It's sad. It's, it's a sexual anarchy is what it is. It's sad. It is sad. Speaking of sexual anarchy... You know, uh, four years ago, next week, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States of America decided to find in the constitutional somewhere that homosexual, homosexuality, homosexual marriage should exist in all 50 states of our country, even though 30 plus states voted independently as their own state to ban it. The Supreme Court of the United States of America decided that it would pass it as law right well over the weekend yours truly that would be me actually
<sighs> yeah. Anyway, I was invited to speak at a rally in front of the Supreme Court uh, steps down in Washington, D.C. Uh, I was invited to be a speaker at this rally because of my outspoken knowledge and stuff on this show. But I want to let you know that I'm not doing it. And the reason I'm not doing it because I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars to do it because I don't have the money to do it. But I do, guys, I do want you guys to know I had that opportunity presented to me. I was invited. Bible News Radio is being noticed by people. Um, and I have to say that in lieu of me driving to Washington, D.C. and speaking for five minutes in front of the Supreme Court building and denouncing gay marriage in front of the world, um, the founder of this rally is going to be my guest on Thursday. So if any of you out there happen to uh, know somebody in the Washington, D.C. area, or if you're, you know, willing to go down there yourself next week on the 26th, on the fourth anniversary of this horrible ruling in our country, um, you can go down there, uh, and there will be a couple of my friends speaking, and um, you can stand in the crowd. And I hear that there's going to be a huge population of homosexual activists there, uh, shouting and hollering and condemning everybody that's going to be speaking, just so you know. And heck, I don't mind being in that mess right there, but I'm not going to spend thousands of dollars to do it, um, to do it. But <clears throat> that brings me to another reason why we do the show and why you could support the show if you'd like. And most of you guys do who are listening currently. So I want to thank you for that. But if you happen to be somebody who isn't, then you can become a pillar of our community right there, and donate something every month. We will put it into good use. Yeah, we will, people. I also should tell you that uh, Ariel Ministries sponsors our show, and Camp Shoshana is going to be starting in a couple of weeks, if you guys haven't yet signed up for it, or if you know somebody who might want to sign up for it, or if you're very interested in signing up for it, contact Ariel.org. Go there and, you know, go there and uh, you can call the home office and find out if they have a scholarship that you might be able to get in. I would. I think it would be awesome. Anyway, campshoshana.com is where you can get all the other info. Ariel.org, you can go there. You guys can save 20% with our coupon code Bible News on anything in the store. Also, over the weekend, Legal Shield, my parent company, uh, actually announced a big development, a big change in their identity theft protection. I just want to throw this out there really fast. I will be updating people later on this individually who have the membership, but we just launched today, June 17th, ID Shield Plus, uh, which is um, the brand new, extremely comprehensive identity theft. It's even better than the current one that most of you all have. Uh, this one we added on, I think, 18 new things that they're monitoring, including uh, sex, um, sexual um, predators, you know, the, the, the molesters and all those people. Uh, they monitor that. Um, so registered sex re offenders. That's it. Registered sex offenders. Near, near you, they'll let you know if someone... Yep. So that's going to be on there. Uh, other things like your your maiden name. They're doing more stuff on the on the dark web. 
Um, the but the but the two biggest changes to the ID Shield Plus through they're calling it ID Shield th- Plus, yeah, Plus, is that we monitor now all three of the reporting places. So actually, we credit um, bureaus. Credit bureaus. <laughs> I'm sorry, this person that messaged me earlier really threw me off. All three credit bureaus. Right now, you only have one credit bureau. You're getting monitored. If you upgrade, you'll get all three, which is really good. Plus, though, not only is our, our before it was a $5 million service guarantee, now it's unlimited, and they have added, only for ID Shield Plus subscribers, they have added a $1 million insurance policy. And why this is important is because this insurance policy, in the event something does happen to your identity, and I was talking to a friend of mine today at Pickleball, something happened to hers. Um, But if something happens and you actually have to go pay out of pocket in order to help resolve it, right? Like if you have to go across state lines or something or go travel or whatever, there's always expenses. Our company with ID Shield uh, Plus now we'll pay you back up to a million bucks. So for that alone, that reason alone, you really should get it. And how much is it you want to know? It's $5 more. That's it. Five bucks more a month. Randall and I, we just upgraded ours um, because it's crazy not to for that little money to get all that protection. So if you happen to be one of my current members, um, the way to upgrade your ID Shield to, uh, to Plus is... They are going to send you an email, so check your email on that, and or you can call member services, and you can talk to them directly and say, hey, I want to upgrade to ID Shield Plus, and then they'll do it for you right there on the phone, okay? And I really want to encourage all you guys to do it, just because um, there's way more to it than what I'm telling you, but if you uh, want more info and you need help with it, let me know if you're one of my members. If you're not one of my members yet uh, with ID Shield or Legal Shield, contact me today after the show. And um, I can I can do a phone call with you and tell you about the membership because when you purchase it through me, uh, you will actually help our show too. So that's that's probably one of the funnest ways to support Bible News Radio is through supporting what we do. You get a great product, we get help from it, from it as well. I, I'd feel better if I made a clarification about the million dollar thing because some people may have signed up and there was a $5 million guarantee and then it was just unlimited. And that's, that's still that's true. The ser- that's the servant's guarantee. Right, right. So just to explain that to folks that the, the 1 million is insurance. Right. Yeah. So, right. I'll be quiet. Man. All right. Um, through ID shield, if your identity is stolen or compromised, whatever, they will do whatever it takes as long as it takes to restore uh, things to a pre, pre-theft pre status, you know, as you were, make sure everything's straightened out with everybody, nobody's owed anything, there's no dollar limit on that, and there's no time limit on that, whatever it takes, as long as it takes. Yeah, but it used that, to be up to five million bucks Yeah, before. but now that's unlimited. But now it's so, unlimited, yeah. So, so the Kroll, the company that uh, takes care of this stuff, that's unlimited now. But if you have to do something that they can't do for you, maybe you have to go appear somewhere, you have to go sign something in court or whatever, you have to travel or something, that there's an expense to you directly, then that's there's an, there's a $1 million insurance policy for that. And I can't see anyone ever hitting that. Nope. I would be so. surprised, but... So basically, for five bucks more, 
you get a whole lot more. And there's, like I said, there's 18 new things that they added onto it that they monitor. It's not just, um, it's not just some of the things. Um, and I'm not sure if Kroll is still, is still the partner, Randall, because okay. I, I heard that they're taking that in-house. Um, but as of right now, okay. I think they are, but, but I know that they're going to be switching that out to in-house because we, we have, we have actually positioned ourselves as the, the most aggressive, and I don't mean that in a mean way, but like, you know, attacking the issue of identity theft, um, in a very, you know, powerful way. Speaking of that, though, I didn't give you the article for this, but I do want to tell you if anybody, if any of you guys do any business with First American Financial, um, they actually, yeah, they did. It's <laughs> my favorite word. <laughs> uh, they, they actually, let's see here, they, they had a data breach. Okay, listen to this. It says here, and yet another example of technology outpacing its users, an unsecured database of First American Financial has exposed hundreds of millions of records, including complete identities, names, account numbers, social security numbers, and much more of American consumers. The information was compiled in a database that was left unsecure on a web-based server, meaning anyone with internet access could have potentially uh, stumbled across it. So that's one of the one of the biggest ones that just took place. Um, so if you if you are somebody that that does your financial stuff with First American Financial. They have been breached, just so you know, in case you didn't know that. Okay. Do you guys know that? And I saw a question come in here. Let's see. Did you, Do they prosecute offenders of your identity theft? I believe they do, um, if you tell them to. I believe they do, Gina. So that would be a question that you could actually call up your... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can call ID Shield up on your app and ask them that, and they'll answer it for you. Um, in fact, I would. Go ahead, do that. Call them up and find out the answer to your question. Just go to your app after the show and then call ID Shield and ask them. I, 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 I actually, <laughs> I actually found, um, I was going, th I was going through my social media alerts. I had like 62 of them. I hadn't been going through them. Yesterday I went through them. I found two that I needed to call ID Shield about. One was one of my Gmail accounts. Um, somebody tried to hack my password, which I which I could tell from what they had put in. And then the other one was another account that's not even well, it's tied to Gmail, but it's it's a different domain. And they tried to do that in two different separations. So people are people are trying to get your info, and I would not have known that if I didn't have ID Shield monitoring it for me. So there you go. Um. Oh, and for individuals, they the ID Shield Plus is fifteen dollars a month now instead of nine instead of ten. So if you're an individual, it's fifteen for the ID Shield Plus. Um, the one that you have now is ten dollars. So the the family plan and individual just both went up five bucks. That's it. So okay. <clears throat> but but you don't have to upgrade, right? But I mean, why wouldn't you? No, I mean you're not required to upgrade, but I why wouldn't you? I mean, right. that's, that's, yeah, five bucks isn't uh, that much. I mean, it cost me in bareface 10 bucks more because there's two of us, but, um, given, given the year I've had it and how many times I've been notified, <laughs> I wouldn't be without it. Just saying. Okay. Uh, all right. One more Bible story. So this story came from the telegraph and this is an interesting twist. The reason the story is being, um, 
was written was because there's a Bible involved, but it really doesn't have anything to do with the story, really. I mean, not really. Uh, yeah. Okay, well, this is titled, With Bible Near Her, Teen Said I Was Going to Be Okay As She Waited Hours to Be Rescued from Crash. It says here, A North Carolina teenager is trying to spread awareness about the benefits of phone tracking apps, which she says helped save her life following a car crash last weekend. Macy Smith was driving to see a friend on the afternoon of June 7th. Smith's car hydroplaned and flipped over before going down a ravine. There was heavy rain at the time. Smith's arm ended up pinned under the vehicle, and she says the only thing she could touch was her Bible. She says she knew that her phone's Find My Friends app was activated, but she couldn't find her phone after the crash. My hair was stuck under my arm under the window, and so I ripped my hair so I could turn my neck and my head around to look around me to see if my phone, that was the first thing I went to grab for, to see if I could find it. And it was nowhere in sight. And within the first minute that I was there, I saw my Bible laying there, and it was the only thing that I could touch, uh, said Smith. As I laid there, I thought that it was the end for a minute. In the very beginning, I was like, what if they never find me? What if the location doesn't pick up? What if I don't have good service? All these different things were running through my mind, and I never really thought that it was the end because I knew, honestly, I knew that with the Bible laying beside my head, it meant that I was going to be okay. Interesting that she would put that thought on herself, right? She said she knew it was a matter of time before her family members would use the app to find her. I didn't know what time it was, so I just watched it get darker, and I was just like, okay, maybe this is when they're going to come, and then time passed. Okay, maybe now, but the whole time I knew they were going to show up, and I'm so thankful for my family, and we're such a tight family that I knew that I wasn't going to be there the whole time without them looking for me. Since the second I laid my hand to the Bible, I knew that that was God telling me that it was all in his hands, and it was happening for a reason, and that I would be okay. Macy's family found her after 10 p.m., they communicated with 911 and used the Find My Friends app to pinpoint Macy's location and led rescue crews to her. I heard a car, and at that point, 28 cars had already passed. She must have been counting them. That's my guess. And so I didn't know it was them, and I heard the car door shut, and I heard my brother yell, Hey! And I heard my stepdad yell my name at the same time, and at the first, I didn't even respond. Like, I was so relieved, and I had to process it for a second, and the first thing I said was, I'm okay, but I need help. And that was when I knew that it was all okay, said Smith. I hadn't cried the whole time that I was under my car at all. But when my stepdad got down to the car and held my hand through the sunroof, I couldn't hold it in anymore because of the feeling of relief, knowing that I didn't even deserve to be alive. It's unreal that I survived that crash. <clears throat> Smith was in the hospital for about five days. She has a fractured neck and nerve damage in her left arm. She has a long road to recovery ahead of her. Her mother, Katerina Alexander, said she's proud of her daughter's strength. I can't even imagine how a person her age remained calm, and I'm grateful for her faith, and I'm grateful for her grit, because she's a tough girl, and she always has been, and it served her well, and we're all grateful. <clears throat> I've always been raised to be really strong and independent, said Smith. Now Smith is trying to let everyone know how important apps like Find My Friends. Sneaking around... Or not telling your parents where you are is not worth 
what I've gone through and I want to share my message because teenagers need to hear it from me, someone who has actually gone through it to understand that it's not worth it and it really did save my life, Smith said. If you had been through what I've been through, you would never say that you didn't want that app. I definitely feel like God spared my life for a reason. I don't know what that reason is. I don't know if it was to show that I'm loved and I'm cared for and I'm going to do big things or if it's what I'm doing right now and maybe this exact moment or this interview is going to save a life or, or one or more than one. <clears throat> Alexandra said she's been thinking about how the app helped save her daughter's life every minute since the crash. Having that location, if we didn't have that, we would have never known where to look because I think her GPS took her a different way than it normally would have. I'm certain that that is what saved her life. The family started using the Find My Friends app about a year ago. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this because it's a little bit longer, but the point is that, and I brought this up for two reasons. Um, so we have these Find Your friend app type things that we can do and there's controversy over it you know because on the one hand people are like well that's invading privacy and we're being tracked everywhere but you're being tracked anyway so if you have a phone you're already being tracked so you may as well use the app you know what I mean um that's the controversy and then the other reason I shared it was because she had a bible with her uh and obviously that brought her comfort so I don't know, Bareface, what do you think? Well, yeah, I'm kind of um, on the fence about such apps. It seems like this this article brought to you by Find My Friends app. Um, yeah. <laughs> mentioned several times. Uh, yeah, I know there have been cases where people have been rescued just because they have a phone. They're the phones on their service. You know, we call them cell phones. Because the way they work is there are cells of communication around a tower, just like cells in an organism. Uh, it's not like you're communicating with a satellite or anything like that. And not satellite phones, they're just radios. And as you travel, you go from one cell to another, and sometimes there are no cells in between, you lose service. So um, I've read of stories where someone was rescued simply by having a cell phone, a mobile phone, because they were able to triangulate right um you know what cells you know the person was in had been in and which one was a stronger signal when you think about how right. this stuff works as you you stay on the call as you move from one cell to the other it's anyway won't get into that but but having something like gps i've got location services turned on on my phone i was apprehensive about it first but it sure makes mileage tracking a whole lot easier yeah uh, you know with my mileage app you know it's not perfect but it does a pretty good job and um well i have recording. i have friends who use it for dating purposes and yeah stuff like that certainly if you're going out on the first date with someone you know oh, yeah, nice what, to... yeah wasn't your nieces were talking about it actually yeah i think yeah. so yeah it was yeah. They were talking about how they use it. They're younger, you know, and they they go out and and that one day I went down to Nashville to oh. or I guess Cool Springs to meet that lady. That was oh. a complete whack job, actually. Well, eh. It's not she, nice. She was. She no. I don't say that lightly, people. Challenge. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just say some challenges. She yeah, I she was a whack job. Just saying. 
<sighs> there are some people who are just simple oh. whack jobs. This woman was one. We'll talk about that later. She was. Hey, I can say what I think, you know, challenge. I know, but we'll... I think she was a whack job, just we'll, saying. We'll bring it up when we get into our Bible study. <laughs> what? Well... Well, hey, you know what? Nobody's going to censor my free speech, just so you know. True, mm-hmm. true. If Except I feel maybe... like she's a whack job, she's a complete whack job. I have a degree in therapy, just so you know. Okay, well, okay. I'm just thinking about my study this morning in, in Second Peter. And... Okay, well, God talked to you, not me about it. So right, but... just so you know, I don't have to listen to what he tells you. Just so you know. Not true. yet, anyway. I mean, I have to speak <laughs> to you. It. Probably. Um... <laughs> I don't hear the end of it. Anyway. Anyway. So I, I don't know enough about these things of just having location services on your phone will help, you know, uh, rescue workers more to find know. your location. I mean, if it's just Is triangulating. Here? If it's just, yeah, she'd probably know. If it's just triangulating through the uh, cell signals, yeah, she's still here. you can get a, an approximation of where, where to look for a person. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if. With location services on, that gives one more, um, you know, without having to fry, find my friend's app or a particular app, just having location services on. Anybody who's dumb enough to try to kidnap anybody in today's day and age, just saying. But I, th- I guess the location services just act, uh, just use triangulation from cells to work. <laughs> that must be how it works anyway. So, yeah, probably I nothing. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, so I suspect I should have make we should do it so I can track you wherever you go. Yeah, so I I'm, I'm wondering yeah. how now like to find my friends. I mean, this again, there's no like satellite thing going on between your phone and it's just uh it's just a radio signal to local towers, so So Mama Gina says, if I'm going on a first date, I take a photo of the person and send it to friends if I come up lost. There you go. I have find my phone on my phone setting always on. Mm-hmm. And Sean said he's easy to find. I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you live. No. Uh, yeah. Well, you can find me if there's a pickleball around. <laughs> I'm not hard to find. But but certainly the the Just, antichrist government is going to use all this technology. To... Oh yeah, sure. I mean it's already they're already using it against us. Right. So. So. So should we just? We were talking bow to it and just. Well, we were we were, we were talking to one of our viewers, you know, one of our friends over the weekend. He's not. He's still not. He's not in here right now. But he was talking about how another Periscoper was talking about uh, how Periscope owned by Twitter. Um, is specifically targeting our show, specifically as Christians. They're tar- they're yeah, not specifically just our show, but but they're targeting Christ- believers. Christian content. They're they're making sure that we are seen at the bottom of the rung. So if oh. you're seeing this show, this means you must really like us because mm. they are not letting anybody see our show, mm. which is so sad, right? Because I mean, well, seriously, they're, they're getting notifications. Is, so. Isn't this show one of the best shows on Periscope? If they weren't getting notifications, yeah, it they is. wouldn't. Yeah. They probably wouldn't be aware of it at all. So what all you guys need to do is is phone a friend and phone a friend and tell them about Bible News Radio on at 4 o'clock and get three of your new friends to come and watch us at 4. Or, you know, like go subscribe to YouTube, you know, uh, or, you know, our Daily Disciples group and our Facebook group. And don't forget, you can text me. You can do my text messaging thing. You know, text, text Bible News to 33222. That's actually, yeah, it is. <laughs> 
You're not making this stuff up. No, it's it's actually the easiest way to get in touch with me. Oh my gosh. Randall, I want to hit you so bad right now. I totally want to hit you. I really, 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 really want to hit I really want to hit him. Why? Because because you pointed out I say the word actually a lot. Now all I'm thinking about is every time I say it. You point out things about me. Don't want to come over and hit you. You should point things out. It's not a character flaw. I know, but now. It's not a moral judgment. I know, but you did it to make fun of me, though. No, I just brought it up to because I didn't think that you were aware. That... I'm not. Now I am every time I say it. Dang it. Good. <sighs> Good. So does it bug you all when I say the word actually? Does hmm? it? Because if it doesn't, good. Then I'll just keep saying it. I won't worry about what anybody thinks. But, but seriously, yeah, husband violence, bullying. Yeah. Well, actually, yes. Oh, shut up, Sean. <laughs> so the... The did you guys see Scooby Doo? Yeah, Scooby Doo uh, stamps. Have you guys seen these? Are they the cutest or what? Ruby Roo. Wait, I don't know if you can see them. It's blurry. I have some stamps. Randall says anyway a lot. Just so you know, Melanie said. Hmm. Melanie would know too. She watches all of us stuff we do or pretends to anyway. Anyway, back don't to you, the huh? back back to the program. <laughs> You have these? That's, aren't they cool? They're very cool, huh? Yeah, they are. They're actually very cool. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> All right, tomorrow I have a guest. Yes, actually I do. I actually have a guest tomorrow. Her name is Julia Redford. Yep. And she is, God has called her to the speaking circuit of the world of Christianity. She wants to speak for a living as a Christian. And I met her at a networking group locally, and she is funny. So you're going to like her. You're going to like, we're, well, we're going to, well, I don't know. Hopefully you'll like her. <laughs> I asked her on the show. So, hey, you are going to hear her tomorrow or watch her tomorrow. And, uh, and that's our guest tomorrow. So there you go, people. Yep. Okay. So I guess that's it. Uh, wow, we're over time. By two long minutes so uh anyway so i hope you have a good rest of your day people i hope this show informed you of something important in your life don't forget that uh you should rip out one page of your bible and hand copy it read that only for like one whole week and see what it's like but like for the, the persecuted believer that's kind of the point of it gina to, to put yourself in the position of like a persecuted Christian to see kind of what they go through to identify with them. Um, but, of course, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to listen to me and do what I say or anything. <laughs> I'm not your boss, just so you know. Uh, but just an idea. All right. So there you have it, people. So be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. Okay. Right.